Welcome to the Kick Pod, your weekly DNM on the stuff that matters. Well, hello, Lawsy. Whoa, so we're back, and Seth has a new voice. I'm very excited. <laughs> and I've got a new mic. Yeah, you have. Uh, She's it's got not some, really like, new. Beyonce singing mic in front of you. It just needs to be gold, and then I feel like that'll spice it up a little bit. Yeah, except anyway. in my dreams I was going to be a singer, <laughs> not doing a podcast. Anyway, sorry, continue. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, we are so excited to be back. To the new listeners out there, we hope you enjoy our podcast, and thanks for listening. Um, and for those who have come back, we are very excited for this second season, we're going to call it. We're going to call these seasons. That's what you would call a kick pod, isn't it? Yes, we are in our second season, correct. Beautiful. That's what podcast land is, mm. like on Netflix, but in podcasting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so we have actually gone through a little bit of a restructure, mm. but don't worry, mm. it's exciting. So we listened to all of your amazing feedback that we appreciate so much. Mm. So thank you on season one of the Kick Pod. And what we loved that you guys wanted from the podcast was to be able to take something from each episode mm. and learn something. So this year we are going to have lots of incredible guests still, except the structure is going to be a little bit different. Yeah. Take this episode for example, where we are super excited to be discussing uh, getting back on track as this time of year, I suppose, is that comes into everyone's mind. And so we've got Danny, our PT on our KICK program um, for some fitness, getting back on track of the fitness side of things. So excited to hear from him. Um, but you'll also hear a lot more of <laughs> Laura and I. So I hope you guys <laughs> enjoy that. But before we get into today's podcast, we thought we'd just touch on a few things Um particularly because it's our first podcast back, we wanted to touch on the fires, the recent Mm. tragedy that Australia has um, been going through. And I'm sure the rest of the world, if you're from overseas and you're listening, would have heard about it. Um, It's been such a crazy, devastating time. This summer has been... It's such a like a kind of sombre kind of feel. It was like a time when everyone is usually feeling so happy Mm. and relaxed, but... It, there was so much tragedy going on that it was kind of hard not to think about it. And it's it's actually still going and it's been going since September. It's such a crazy big issue that we wanted to actually, for the first 10 episodes of our podcast for this season, um, give those spots, which we would usually have a sponsor on board. Um, we've decided to give those spots to Wildlife Victoria because we think it's really incredible what um, a charity like Wildlife Victoria are kind of stepping in and doing over this tragic time. And now we also have got a special segment in the intro Mm. that you will get from us every week. So we hope you love it and it's new. And it's called our Kick Special Share. Mm. So this could be a recommendation, a quote, something you've learnt, Mm. something you ate, just something that we discovered this week. That you decide to share. (laughs) Yes, that we decide to share. So do you want to go first, Steph? Mine is a recommendation. And kind of a learning. Oh, it's, it's okay. kind of double. Um, it's actually the Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. So it's a book that I have heard about through a few different people. Um, but I think I'm late to the party. It, it's it's been around and it's kind of been raved about for a long time now. But I'm sure if I was late to the party, that there'd be plenty of other people there who wouldn't know about it. And I found the book really, really nice to read. I read it after we got married, um, (laughs) which was kind of nice because it has a lot of real kind of uh, marriage stories in there and everything like that. But I really liked the way 
he has kind of come up with these five different love languages and I felt like I learned a lot from it and I mean I've been with Josh for eight years now there was a lot that I already knew but it kind of put it it made sense I suppose when you look at these sort of love languages and there's actually a little test that you can do you can go online and if you just google five love languages it'll come up and you can like go through and um, do this multiple choice thing and it'll tell you what your love languages are so it's the kinds of things that feeds your soul and feeds your love tank what were yours so mine were quality time and acts of service they were my, my my main ones, which makes sense to me because, um, and a lot of this is it goes through on the book, but um, my dad, I suppose I grew up watching how my dad kind of showed his love with mom and it was very much those two things. Like he um, is always doing things for her, but she's always doing things for him. Like it was a very a beautiful relationship in that way and they had a lot of balance in that way. So I kind of grew up seeing that as that's a way you treat your partner. And then um, quality time to me makes so much sense because that's something I crave. Like mm. I'm always asking Josh for like, let's go do this or let's have some quality time. And um, so it, it made a lot of sense. And then when Josh did his, his was similar. Um, his was acts of service, but it was also words of affirmations, which makes sense because he, that's definitely a way that he shows love to me. Like he tells me every single day what he loves about me or <laughs> how proud he is of me and all that sort of stuff. So it, it's just funny. So I really recommend that book and, and that quiz to, I suppose, learn a little bit about yourself if you're not sure or confirm things. I think I'm going to borrow it from you. Yeah. I think it's. I think the most interesting thing about it is yours can be different to your partner. Mm. So your partner could be all like, obviously I think you like words of affirmation as well. Like it's not like your lowest oh, one. Oh yeah, so it tells, it like levels it goes it for a tally. Yeah. So, but just say your that was your lowest one mm. and Josh was always giving you these nice words and you were like I don't care like yeah. why, are you, why are you saying this to me but then you're not saying it back because you're like oh who yeah. wants to hear that yeah. but really that's what they need yeah. so I think it's it's yeah I'm gonna read it totally thank you oh you're welcome for what your recommendation you? what's your kick special share mine is a quote okay so I'm gonna read it it's a little bit of a long one but it's one of my favorites I think especially around this time of year a lot of of us with goal setting mm. will set a goal about being happy and I think it's a really important time to remind ourselves that Mm. happiness is a journey and it's not a destination so I will read this and this quote is from Bianca Sparacino S-P-A-R-A-C-I-N-O thank you (laughs) you're going to realize one day that happiness was never about your job or your degree or being in a relationship Happiness was never about following in the footsteps of all of those who came before you. It was never about being like others. One day you're going to see it, that happiness was always about the discovery, the hope, the listening to your heart and following it wherever it chose to go. Happiness was always about being kinder to yourself. It was always about embracing the person you were becoming. One day you will understand. That happiness was always about learning how to live with yourself. That happiness was never in the hands of other people. It was always about you. It was always about you. Oh, I love that. That's nice, isn't it? That's really nice. That's such a feel-good quote. It's one of those ones that you listen to. Obviously, I didn't read that. I listened (laughs) to it. Um, And it makes so much sense, but it's such a special reminder. Hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. What a special share. <laughs> so let's get into the podcast, Lawsy. Today we're talking about getting back into routine. Yes, which is after, especially after the summer holidays, mm. we can get very out of routine. Totally. And and when we're talking about routine, we're talking routine with study, routine with um, work, routine with fitness, with your eating. Um, so can you think of a time or is there kind of like a pattern for you when you tend to fall out of routine? 
over holidays always. Yeah. I feel like for me, routine is very much about when I wake up and mm-hmm. how I plan my day. When I'm on holidays, not a lot of planning. <laughs> um, and especially when I used to go to, u- well, when I was a full-time uni student, because we don't go to uni much. It's only half the year, mm-hmm. I think, that you're actually at uni. So you're out of routine quite a lot. And then getting back into it is so hard because mm-hmm. you're so used to not having full days or you're used to sleeping in and not kind of using your days productively? Oh, I mean, I haven't gone to uni. Um, I haven't been at school for... How many years have I been out of school? Uh, well, I Seven finished years? in 2010, so you finished in 2011. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. So there you go. Um, almost nine years. Um, and I could not imagine having to sit in a room and do go to uni right now. Obviously, I would if I found something that I'm super passionate about learning and it's not to say that I've shut uni off for the future, but I would find that really hard to get back into routine. So It's harder than school though, I think. It's, it's easier to, but yeah. harder than school because totally. it's hardly any it's contact hours. Yeah. Yes, so that was what makes it harder even yeah. though it's like one-tenth of the school hours. Anyway, what is yours? How do you get, how do you get into routine though with study? Uh, with study. So what I do is I set that routine for okay. myself. So just because you're not super busy or you don't have stuff on every single day, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't schedule your time. So scheduling my time is really important mm. and put your alarm on. And it's just about getting in that routine. So I know some people work really well at night and you're a night owl. That's fine. Mm-hmm. This is not going to work for you, this advice, mm-hmm. but this is going to work for me. So what I do is I'll make sure I get up at, you know, 6.45, 7 every morning. I schedule in my workout, do my workout, and then whatever the day is, I will schedule it. Mm. And I mean, for us now, it's a bit easier because we're in the office most of the day. So Mm. that's our day. It's kind of already scheduled for us. Mm. But if you are a uni student, it's making sure you get up, you do your workout, and then get dressed. Because I feel like if you wake up, you keep in your pajamas, and then you get in bed with your laptop, you associate your bed with sleep. So I find that I will go to sleep. Well, I feel sleepy the whole day and lethargic. So I get up, do my workout and Mm. fit it in. Because, I mean, the hardest thing also about having all day to do it is when you can do it. Mm. Because you're like, I'll do it later, I'll do it later. And then it gets to 10 o'clock at night. You're like, oh, I'll just do it tomorrow. Mm. So make sure you get up and you get that done. Take it off, have a shower, put normal clothes on and then go to a space in your home or wherever you study. Go to the library, go to a cafe Mm. and make sure it's a place where you associate with working or studying. Mm. So don't do it in front of the TV. For me, it's a dining room table at home works fine for me for my uni work, but Mm. it's the only place in the house that I can be productive. And Mm. I find that even yesterday when I was doing my essay at home, I went into um, the living room with my laptop on my lap and I was sitting there and I I just got sleepy straight away because I associate being on the couch with being lazy and not concentrating. Mm. So it's important to make sure that you find an area. And then I also find setting myself blocks will help. So if you set like all day, like 10 till five, I'm going to study. Are you? Are you going to be productive if I do that I'll probably do two hours of productive study five hours of Instagram procrastination (laughs) land or going to get snacks you just want to eat snacks all the time so schedule your lunch in as well so Mm -hmm. that helps me at some time and also I schedule in 50 minute blocks Mm -hmm. and then I get 10 minute breaks so then I can scroll on Instagram for 10 minutes but it just means that you're not doing it the whole time yeah and that's how I make my routine yeah yeah cool well for me I'm funny I think I, as, I'm, as much as I fall out of routine when I'm on holidays, because my routine isn't too structured, um, routine for me just means kind of being on top of feeling good, if that makes sense. So I don't work out at the same time every day. I don't um, work out in the same place every day. Like I'm very spontaneous with my workouts, but I suppose my routine is just making sure that I'm still moving my body. Um, 
And I think that's because in the past, because sometimes what we do, yes, sometimes we're in the office all day and it is very structured. Other times it's super spontaneous. Mm. We might be in a different state or I might have a half day shoot or, you know, something. Um, I think I struggle when I have a set routine that I can't stick to and then I stress about being out of it and then I kind of just give up. So I've found my routine is less structured than it used to be um, just so that I... I suppose don't feel into that, um, fall into that room of guilt, I suppose. Mm. Um, but definitely over the break, as you said, you get used to sleeping in. I've definitely taken, it's taken me a long time to get used to waking up early and, and heading into the office. And you know what, what else it is? It's the daylight savings. Yes. For me, I'm going to bed so much later because yep. I don't eat till like eight and then I won't turn the TV on or um, watch anything till like nine or something <laughs> after dinner. And then before you know it, it's 11 o'clock. Um, so that's something I need to, that's something I would like to get into routine with going to bed. I think my sleeping routine. You should is speak to the who decides daylight savings. The prime minister. Yeah, no. You call him no. up. And what you do you think say, he decides? This is not working for my routine. No, absolutely not. <laughs> but no, for me, I think that's something that I would like to get in routine with is my sleeping patterns, and that's something that I think it's that's not going to make you too upset if you slightly fall out of it or, or anything like that. But I think it's different for everyone as well. I know that if I am fully out of routine and I need some sort of guidance that writing it down, um, I have a diary. So kind of slotting it in like an appointment that I might have or whatever has helped me in the past when I'm feeling completely out of it and have lost all motivation to move my body. That's how I kind of structure in workouts. And it's the same way I'd probably structure in, um, eating as well like I've become really lazy lately and Uber Eats has become my best friend and it's not it's not a bad thing it's definitely okay to do that from time to time but you're in a ban I'm, I'm on a bit of a ban for myself <laughs> I've set a goal this week to um cook all my meals my own meals and it's it's motivating I think to set those little goals and everything like that but work-wise I I, I suppose having the office it made sense when you were talking about having that space, you know, where you need to have that room in your house where you're going to study and you're going to be your most productive. That makes a lot of sense because I compare our kind of office um, environment now to when you and I used to catch up at a cafe mm. and work for a couple of hours together, how much more productive we are together. And even if I haven't got a lot to do in the day, just being there and being with everyone and, and being there to talk about ideas and bouncing off ideas and everything – it's, I've become so much more productive in getting things done by having that sort of space. And obviously, understandably, um, particularly if, if there's any business owners out there who don't have their own office space, that doesn't have to be an office space. Mm. As you said, it just needs to be a separate space to a play area or a casual leisure area um, that you know you can kind of get in the zone. Mm. And yeah, I definitely feel like when I have those kind of hours um, of being in the office, I feel the most productive then. It's the same thing in your bedroom. We've, mm. for so long, I was like, I want to have a TV in my bedroom. And then in any time we've watched a movie on the laptop in bed, I can't sleep after it because yeah. I then am not, I'm, I've already, I'm already in bed and I yeah. wasn't sleeping. So why would I start sleeping now? Yeah. It's funny how we mentally ask, we, it's like, you know, you're in the same house in the same, like, you yeah. know, small radius, but in each room you associate it with such different things and agreed. you can be super productive or super lazy. Oh, agreed. When Josh starts, like, when we get into bed and he starts talking to me about work, I'm like, absolutely uh, yeah. not. 
<laughs> not happening. Totally. And you know what I love as well? I think it's important um, for everyone listening to remember that, like, Steph and I are still not back in normal routine no. right now. So it's not like we're these routine robots that wake up and we're motivated every mm. day. Like, Wes, even this morning, I was like, I'm going to get up and do my workout. And I, I didn't. I couldn't get up. I snoozed my alarm for 30 minutes mm. and then I was like, oh, now I've missed my time. Now I'm going to have to do it later, which, you know, is fine. I'm going to make sure when I get home, we've both worn our active wear today. So yeah. when we get home, we can do it. But I think it's important to remember that everyone gets out of routine and it's totally okay and it takes some time to get back into it. You can't just click your fingers and then all of a sudden you're going to be totally back in routine. No, absolutely but not. you just have to create that habit and I think sometimes when you first get into it, like the first three mornings of getting up early and doing your workout are going to be, they're going to suck really. Um, they're yeah, really going to suck. But the first bit is the hardest and then it becomes a habit and then you just get back into the routine. But it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable but then you get there. But I still have to push through that <laughs> comfort we're getting there <laughs> so now we are going to hear from danny so if you're unaware who danny is he is our pt on our keep a cleaner app and he is someone who if you followed him on social media he talks about goal setting all the time um and goal setting has a lot to do with routine setting 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 routine wow struggling first kick on back <laughs> sorry guys um so we definitely wanted to hear from him um asked him a few questions on the matter so we hope you enjoy hearing from danny Hey, Daddy. Hey, Steph. Hey, Laura. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. So we're going to get straight into it, and I'm very interested to know what your absolute top tips are when it comes to routine. When it comes to routine, I think, first of all, the most important thing is that your routine needs to be something that's actually sustainable but also enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So um, I think the first mistake that most people make with routine is trying to set a form of routine that's just not aligned with one, what their goal is, two, their current lifestyle, and three, like what they actually enjoy. Mm. So, and the other thing is that people try and change too much at once. So I just think gradual (laughs) changes, implementing small steps um, over time and then being consistent with them. So something that I say a lot um, to my clients is that to build up a a strong routine or or good habits is just small efforts done consistently well, Mm. like over time, just day in, day out. So, um, but that's not going to happen if it's not enjoyable or if if it's just way out of line with what what your current lifestyle is. So for example, if you're, you want to set a routine of training six days a week, but you realistically can only get to the gym three times, then that's not going to become a routine. What about for people that, I mean, we've just come out of the holidays and mm. I feel like we establish a really good routine during the year and then we go into summer break and our routine goes out the window, which is totally fine because you need to have a break. What is your advice for people, especially your clients, your fitness clients, um, for getting back into that routine mm. that they used to have? For getting after being in, in a break? Yeah, especially like after summer, you know, you maybe not exercise as yeah. much, you're not eating as normal as you, mm. and you're not getting up mm. at the same time. I feel like that's one thing yeah. that we were like, mm. oh my goodness, I can't sleep in anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the, the first thing to, to realise and understand that if you have been in that mode where you've just been chilling out and not training that much and like you said, sleeping in and, and you're out of routine, regardless of what you do, the first one or two weeks is, is going to be difficult it's not going to be like the easiest thing to do it's just just how it is but if you keep putting it off or keep doing one day here and there and not getting back into routine consistently it's just gonna that's gonna drag on for a long time so um, I think implementing your normal routine step by step but 
um, at a slow rate. So not trying to go back to, you know, say before Christmas, you were training five days a week, you were getting up at 5.30 every day and, and following certain, you know, structure with your nutrition. Instead of trying to go straight back to that, just doing one thing at a time saying, you know, this week I'm going to train three times. Um, I'm going to aim to get up before 6.30 or whatever it is and start to eat a bit more protein than what I have been. And then each step, just each week, sorry, just add in a bit of a, a building block each week until you get back to your normal routine. Mm. And we know that you're a pretty big advocate for goal setting. Yes. How do you think goal setting correlates with routine? There's a big connection between the two? I think there is. Um, the first part of it is just accountability mm. to um, to yourself and also to others, I think it's important that with goal setting that it's not just you that knows about the goals. It might be your partner, family, maybe even you put something on your social media or whatever it is to keep yourself accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a big advocate of daily goals. So not just sitting down on January 1st and saying this year I want to get fitter. It's every morning saying today I want to drink three and a half litres of water, um, walk for 45 minutes or you know do 10,000 steps, whatever it is. And then revisiting those goals at the end of the day. So that builds up momentum over time. And also like discipline and accountability to yourself. Mm. So like I said before, it's the small efforts that are done well daily. So if you're keeping yourself accountable with goals, then then the bigger picture for that is, is routine. Mm. And if you had to give one piece of advice for someone that has never set any goals before, I know a lot of people, I mean, I used to be like that. I was like, it's just not for me. I, you know, I don't really need it. Yeah. Why do we need to do, apart from accountability, why is doing goal setting every day important? To be honest, like the, the goal, the thing I tell a lot of my clients is the goals don't need to be anything crazy. It doesn't need to be like today I want to do my PB in a 5K run. It could be as simple as today, um, you know, every time I walk past the drink fountain at work, I'm going to have a drink of water or today I'm going to walk more than what I did yesterday or, you know, there can be easy things. I think um, the most beneficial thing with daily goals is, as I said, revisiting them at night and setting goals that are achievable Mm -hmm. and ticking them off because it starts to build up that self-belief in the fact that you can be productive and, and accountable to yourself every day but it also just builds up massive momentum so if you're constantly having small wins every single day then the likelihood of having bigger wins in the long term or at least having self-belief that you can do it uh, with with bigger things is just so much more likely but I guess just just having those small goals that you know you can achieve and actually physically even going into your diary or your planner and ticking them off at the end of the day just starts to build up that um, that discipline um, mm. in, within yourself, knowing that you can stick to what you said you were going to do. Mm. And I suppose there's a bit of routine in in that kind of goal setting mm. anyway in itself. Like I know personally that you write down your exact goals you want to get through and what you're grateful for every day, and that's something that I know a lot of our kid girls have picked up and, and even myself did for a period of time, and I loved when I was in that routine because mm. I did feel a lot more driven and, I suppose, accountable, as you said. Um, how do you get into the routine? of doing that every day <laughs> morning like having a daily yeah. routine i don't know if there's i think you just have to just yeah. just do it like and, and, but it doesn't again it's similar to what i said before it doesn't mean you know you look at what i do and then you go i'm going to do all of that mm. that may not be what what you want to do or it may not have any impact on your day what i do you need to pick something that you think is going to set you up for a good day so like for me at the moment it's having a, a cold shower mm-hmm. It's drinking plenty of water as soon as I wake up. Um, as you mentioned, doing my daily goals and, and gratitude list and meditation. So even even with my routine, I've built on that. Like three years ago, I set the goal of meditating every day. And it was like, could have been two minutes a day, could have been 10 minutes or whatever. 
And then as it's, as time's gone on, I've just added to that. So added in like the cold shower. That may not be for everyone. It just makes me feel good. Um, the gratitude that's been over the last kind of two years and I've seen a big difference with that, even if it's just small things like being grateful for the fact that you woke up or that you've you've got food in the cupboard to have mm. for breakfast um, just puts me in a much better headspace before I leave home. And then even meditation, now that's up to a minimum of 10 minutes a day compared to, like I said, at one point it was just like could have been two minutes. Um, but it's not necessarily looking at someone else's routine and going that's – I'm just going to copy that. It's figuring out what actually, or even just trying things and seeing how you feel. Like if you just don't get anything out of meditation, then it's probably not going to make much of a difference on your day. But if physically writing down things that you're grateful for makes you feel good or at least makes you leave the house and, and be a bit more appreciative of what you've got, and then that means you treat other people better and, and that has a bit of a ripple effect, then that's probably a good thing to add into your routine. Yeah, med- even for me, meditating, I used to really struggle with it. But mm. now um, on the program in the Wellness Bank, we've mm. got our guided meditations and that helps so much because I don't need to speak to myself. I can listen yeah. and connect with that and I find that, well, that's been really mm. helpful for me. So anyone that does want to get, get into meditation, it's kind of a good starting point doing guided meditations. Yeah, even now, I, I probably prefer to do it that mm. way because mm. I just find if I don't, I, my thoughts, like I, my brain is usually pretty hyperactive anyway so if I'm sitting there just trying to meditate I'll be thinking of a million different things but that guided meditation I find really helpful those things that you were saying were in your your particular routine how you start the day Mm. is there one do you genuinely get every single one of them done every day or if there was only one that you could choose from that particularly makes you feel set for the day and in routine and you could only keep one of them what would it be um, I do do, it, do them every day. Yeah. I, I use my diary to, like, I've got a bit of a checklist, so each day I t- tick them off. Um, but out of all of them, to be honest, like, I think meditation has definitely been a massive game changer. Mm. But in saying that, I think the one that makes me feel the best at the time is the gratitude. Mm, that's um, nice. And not just writing down the same stuff every day or typical things that you would, I don't know, just random things that are actually putting thought to it. Mm. So, you know, it might be grateful for music like you might be listening to a song or you might you know whatever it could be coffee it <laughs> Does, doesn't matter what it is it, it could be something that's currently going on or or just grateful for the fact that Laura sent you a message yesterday morning to say have a good day or whatever it is but actually putting some thought to it because mm. um, like I said I, I find personally anyway that when I do leave the house the rest of the day I'm just way more aware mm. of how lucky we are. And what do you do when you don't achieve your goals for the day? Um, I, well, firstly, I think it's really important that if you don't achieve your goals for the day, that you actually recognise it and mm. don't just kind of brush it off and, mm. and just pretend that you didn't even set the goals. Like, it's okay if you don't achieve them. It's going to be pretty unlikely that you achieve every single goal that you write down every day or every year or whatever it is. So um, recognising why you didn't do it and then if it's something that's important to you, putting it down the next day and making sure that you get it done. And, and you know, if you know why you didn't achieve it, then the next day, Make sure that you, that you get it done. Make sure that you make a change if there was something that could have been better the day before to that would have led to you achieving it. Um, but like I said, I think it is really important that you don't just brush it off. Like mm. be conscious of it and, and just move on. Mm. It's not a bad thing. Mm. Yeah. And where do your longer-term goals set in? So if you're setting small goals each day like drink water, little things like that, yeah. where do you put your bigger goals? Or are your little goals small goals towards the bigger goal? Yeah, well, it comes back to setting your routine. I think it all has to align. So if, if I've got a significant goal for the year or 
even six months or five years down the track like I said, those small daily habits are what is going to lead to the big goal. You don't just have a, a large goal and then just all of a sudden it just happens. <laughs> it's just so many baby steps along the way. So a lot of the time, those small daily goals are, are aligning with the bigger one. If I, I know that if I do these day in, day out, like reverse engineer how you're going to get to that end result. If you do these small things day in, day out, or at least a few times a week, whatever it is, then that's when you achieve the bigger goals. But it is still important to be to recognize what they are like to revisit those whether it's once a week um you know typically on sundays i like to tell my clients to go back through and have a look at their their goals for not only the week but what their their long-term goals are because this time of the year in particular we we tend to write down goals in january and you'd be surprised at how many people write down the same goals every january Mm. and then don't revisit it until jan 1st the next year and go (laughs) oh yeah i did write that down i'm gonna write it down again (laughs) so you know, if you are being aware aware of them more often, then the likelihood of achieving them, or they may change as well. You might write down January 1st that you want to do X, Y, and Z and it gets to the middle of the year and you've decided that that's just not the goal anymore. Mm. But in your head, if you're just like, oh, I've got the goal of doing this, this, and this, and you just put no thought to it, then then you're not you're not going to have a routine. You're not going to have any, any habits that are going to be forming that are going to serve you in the long term. Sweet. Well, thanks, Danny. Pleasure. Uh, obviously as our trainer and and someone that I even train with on the side and that I follow and, and love his tips, I, I knew a lot of those kind of things already and I've, I have implemented a few of them in my routine before. Laws, is there anything that you want to take from that? Is there anything that Danny kind of discussed that you've thought, oh, I haven't actually tried that. Maybe I'll give that a go. My favourite thing that he said was to do with when you don't um, tick a goal off mm. in the day, acknowledging it and yes. then working out why you didn't achieve it and then working out how you can achieve it. I think that's so important because so often we'll just be like, we'll just leave it and then I suppose you're never going to work towards it because you just think that you can't do it. So I think it's really important to speak about it yeah. with yourself or you can speak about it with someone else. Like, why didn't I achieve this and how can I? Because yeah. I think that could be, it's a great for positive reinforcement. Absolutely. To, to know that you can get there. And I think it's important to remember in that is it's just like with any, not that you fail. It's, mm. it's, I don't like the word failure, but I'm going to use it here. Totally. If you don't achieve your goal, so yeah. you fail at that small goal, whatever yeah. it might be, to know that you're one step closer to it. And just because you didn't achieve it today, it's better than not, not trying at all. But I think that's something that's really important to remember in all aspects of life, I think. Oh, absolutely. It's, uh, and it's before you said the word failure, I was thinking it as well. It's just another look. It's a positive look mm. on, on a small failure, I suppose, um, and taking those learnings. I loved that point as well. And one thing I have done in the past is that gratitude journal. So I got into a habit of kind of checking in on my to-do lists or my um, goals for that day. And then after doing that, I would also kind of reflect on the day and write things that I was grateful for. And I found when I was doing that and I was in the routine of doing that, I was feeling really good and really positive and appreciating a lot more because you could write like the smallest things down that happen day to day that you just kind of pass by or you don't really think of. But when you actually acknowledge them, they can make you really warm and fuzzy. So I love that. And I think um, obviously, you know, take what you want from this podcast, but that's definitely something that I think I want to try and get back into. Um, to appreciate the small things and 
um, I think that also will motivate you to continue to look back on your, like if you do it alongside your goals as well, it, it, back to your point, it'll help when you're reflecting on what you got, mm. got done that day and what you could change. At least you're still kind of having these positive reinforcements around that time as well. Totally. And I think having, I, I don't do gratitude journaling as such, mm. but I think I'm going to try and do it a bit more. But I think just being grateful for things can be so helpful with motivation as totally. well. I find that, you know, if I'm, if I'm running and I'm thinking, oh, I hate this, I just want to stop, I can't be bothered. I then kind of go back to the thought of like, hang on, how lucky am I that mm. I have runners on my feet, that I have, you know, I'm able to go out and go for a mm. run, that I am able, mm. like that I have both my legs, mm. like that I can. And I think doing, com- kind of coming back to just grounding yourself helpful well, for me personally, it helps so much with motivation. Same totally. with study. If I'm sitting there, like I hate this and I'm like, hang on, how lucky am I to um, get an education? Absolutely. And I'm complaining. Sure. Then you shush the little, <laughs> you shush the little thought in your mind. I find that that really helps. And something else that's always also really helped me is setting an intention mm. for my day and for my workout. You know, it doesn't always have to be, oh, I have to do the hardest one hour workout or 20 minute workout, mm. or I have to run this far or this pace. It can be just like, I want to clear my head yeah. in the next 20 minutes or I want to sort through this problem in my head whatever it might be I think mm. it's been nice for, I've, I've loved doing that because yeah. I think you connect with your workout more oh absolutely absolutely I find some of the most empty feeling workouts for me is when I don't follow something and I don't have an intention mm. and I kind of just walk out of the gym like what did I even do just then <laughs> like <laughs> it does it, it brings on a whole another level of motivation well we hope you guys have enjoyed this podcast um, we're really really happy to be back um, and you can obviously find us on social media at Keep It Cleaner, at Laura.Henshaw, at Steph Claire Smith, and of course our website, www.keepitcleaner.com.au, where you can find out more about um, Keep It Cleaner, the app. Yeah. Oh, and also what we didn't mention is we aren't doing Question of the Week anymore. No. But. That is because our podcasts are meant to be like a question of the week, just a really long question yeah, of the week. Just a long answer so this to that question. Was of the, the week. answer to how do you get back in routine? Absolutely. <laughs> but if you, we still want to address everything that you totally. want to hear. So you still send your questions into us. You can DM Keep It Cleaner or Steph or myself, um, or you can even send an email. Maybe we should set up a podcast email. We'll get back to you on yeah, that. Yeah, we'll come back For next now, week with that. DM Keep It Cleaner if you ever have any questions because, as Laura said, those questions can become a whole podcast chat. Um, we are here for you guys, so we would like to... I suppose, deliver what you guys want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> and also, if you do want to get back into routine with your exercise and workouts, exercise and workouts, your exercise and with um, eating healthy, you can try our app for free for seven days. Yeah. So you can cancel it anytime. But if you do want to cancel before the free trial is over, just make sure you do it within the seven days. And it's a great way to get back into routine because yeah, your workouts are planned well. for yeah. you every single day and we do them all for you we struggle through it with yeah. you guys so you can find that um, on our website again and all of this info will be uh, in our show notes along with the website for Wildlife Victoria we'll be back next week guys bye bye